What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to the Go Long Podcast. I'm here with my good pal Dan Weeder of the Chicago Tribune. You may remember him. You've popped on the pod couple once times. or twice. Yeah, a couple yeah. times. We need to know something about the Chicago Bears. We go to this guy right here, who I've known for many years and have years. attended many a combine with. Yeah. And to really break in combine week, we uh, made our pilgrimage to Kilroy's last night. Right. It was great. We can't tell all the combine stories, uh, so we're, you told me that those were going to be on the, the super down low, but there's been uh, probably 12, 13 years of experience down here, hasn't there? If you saw a cross-section of like the, the nightlife at the combine, for, for us two, it would get a lot lamer by the year, wouldn't it? I mean, I think it's get, yeah, I mean, old age and parenthood is uh, yeah. cutting into uh, some of the, the fuel tank, I guess is how you put it. Exactly. It's like you're not you're not around the kids, so it's it's a good week to maybe you know grab a couple hours of sleep that you otherwise would not get. But love this week. There's there's always an energy here. There's always people to talk to. There's always things to learn. Uh, it's a good week. You you leave exhausted, but most of the time uh, you leave feeling a, a little bit energized as well. And as weird as that is, exhausted and energized, but uh, it's always good reconnecting with you as well. I totally agree. I mean, we're in the convention center right now recording this. And if you're watching, you might just see a GM or a coach or a scout, like literally walk right behind us because the whole NFL world is here. Yeah. And I don't know if the majority of fans really understand why so many media members go to the combine. It's yes, there are forties and broad jumps and verticals and everything that the NFL network is broadcasting, but we're here. Most people are here because all teams are here. Right. Not all coaches now, but like, this is an opportunity to really so one stop stop for information, and there, it's such a hive, and there's so much happening here. And even this week, just for me, there's so many different people you can talk to, coaches, executives, agents, and you get you you wind up with a snapshot where the information information that consistently overlaps. You go, okay, like this is something I need to look into more. And then the stuff that's on the outliers, you say, okay, I got to double check this with someone else. And it's so easy to to find someone. Where I'm coming from, Tyler, in Chicago, many years we've come down here and the Bears have been so irrelevant that trying to get anyone to to weigh in on what the Bears are going to do or what they're up to has been really difficult. This is a whole different world I'm in right now. The Bears have the number one pick. They've got a quarterback for sale in Justin Fields, and you've just got a ton of curiosity with people all around the league looking to feel you out for what you think is going to happen and then obviously offer their opinion on what they think should happen. And so it's been uh, it's been interesting. It is the week of the Chicago Bears. You're absolutely right. It, it, what an interesting team at a fascinating time. That's why we're talking to you, Dan. I, no, I guess none of us really know what the hell they're going to do. But it's safe to say Justin Fields won't be the quarterback for the the, the Chicago Bears, right? Yeah, he's definitely not going to be the quarterback for the, for the Buffalo Bills. Right. It's my understanding that the Bills are very happy with what their quarterback situation right now and not say so to pivot. I, I, I would find it hard to believe that, that Justin Fields would be your starter in week one, uh, I think the Bears came down here with a, a hope of trying to identify who some of the suitors would be as a trade partner for Justin Fields. And then obviously a lot of their homework revolves around is Caleb Williams, the undisputed number one prospect in this, in this class in terms of how their draft board is going to be ranked, or are there some things there that concern them that would cause them to pivot in another direction with these other draft eligible quarterbacks, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy guys that would be on their radar if Caleb Williams is not the guy. So it's a fascinating time for them to start that process. I think, you know, and it's worth reminding the audience that this is just the starting point for the the character homework, right? You get your 18 minute meeting as a team. 
with a quarterback down here. And then you're looking to take that information and push it forward into the pro day, the private workout, the personal visit, the trip that the prospect will make to your campus. And, and, and so there's a lot more ahead in gathering the information on these players and these prospects to, to, to put yourself in a position to make an educated and well thought out decision. You know, what blows my mind with this situation though, is like you want to do right by Justin Fields and Ryan Poles talked about that with use those words. Yeah. It, he, this is a quarterback who's been through a lot in three seasons, right? 10 and 28. And cheered. He's been booed. I mean, I've heard that the majority of Bear fans would want Justin Fields as their quarterback, which is wild when you think about where he was at various points. So if you want to do right by him, that's great, right? Being a player-friendly podcast, I mean, these are the guys risking their brains and their bodies out there. But you know, there is a team element here where if you want to get the absolute most you can for Justin Fields, it behooves you as the Chicago Bears to have the other 31 teams thinking he might be your quarterback. Well, it also, but you got but you got to be honest yeah. with Justin Fields too. And so when you're having those private conversations, can you be like, you know, Justin, here's where we are, but let's all kind of play coy here. And they didn't really do that this weekend. Indeed. He well, was pretty upfront with the public, Ryan Poles. One thing I appreciate about Ryan Poles is his candid nature and his want to just be able to be upfront with people as it relates to Justin Fields, you don't have full control of that situation. You know, as he talks about with free agent deals, it takes two to tango. And so you might want to have a deal done tomorrow, but the team you want to have the deal done with isn't ready to get there yet. And so you, you're not in full control of that. And uh, just being able to have that back and forth relationship with your current quarterback, Justin Fields and his camp is, I think it's important to set a tone for the rest of the building and the other people that, that see your actions and they, they, they feel your sincerity and, and you build up trust with your building when you're able to try to do right by people you respect. Listen, Justin Fields' play has not reached a level of acceptability in terms of keeping him around as your answer at that position if you want to go and win championships. But the way he's handled himself for three years, the thick skin he's had, his ability to handle criticism, his ability to galvanize the locker room, those things aren't in question. And Ryan Poles truly and and sincerely appreciates that element of who Justin is. And so he does want to do right by him because he appreciates all that Justin has given him, even though the results haven't turned out the way both sides would have hoped they would have. Because had they turned out that way, Ryan Poles is holding an auction this week for the number one pick that they got from Carolina. And he's getting, you know, five or six picks for the next three years to, to build a roster any way he wants to. It's such a people business. I mean, when you hear DJ Moore and so many of these players vouching for yeah. Justin Fields and say they want him back, you got a team to run. Like, you got to do what's best for your team while also knowing you've got a locker room full of players that are watching your every move and how you deal with this seminal moment in franchise history. You know, all Ryan Poles really needs to do is take all of those qualities inside Justin Fields, like the ability no doubt. to handle adversity, and then somehow put like that brain inside of Caleb Williams. Look, I, I, I've talked about it now for a while that, it, you know, not just quarterbacks, like humans, if you could take Justin Fields' thick skin and his ability to handle criticism, his ability to be very, very even keeled through the highs and the lows, it, it's truly impressive. I would borrow it. For my own personal life, you know, I'm 20 years Justin Senior, and I, I could use some of the composure he has in stressful moments. And, and so you, you do appreciate that. If you could check those boxes for Caleb Williams and then pair that with a skill set that everyone around the league, you know, when you do the talent evaluation of, of Caleb Williams, are there concerns? Sure. They're minimal. And the glowing traits at the top of the scouting report tell you 100% this guy has the high level playmaking ability, the artistry 
to be a championship quarterback, right? And so you check those boxes and then you say, okay, now in this next period of the evaluation process, as we get in front of him, as we get to, to be in the same setting as him, we got to feel out what he's made of. What are his motivations? You know, what is his personality like? Does he have the things that can, can truly create that engine for your building because you know it as well as anybody. This is a quarterback-driven league. Those guys are the engines of championship runs, and you want to be able to identify that uh, in the next guy you pick. That's where I'm trying to figure out what, who is that suitor for Justin Fields because Atlanta, yeah. we, we talked about this with Jim Monas last week. They had their shot at Justin Fields and said no to the hometown kid, to right. Kyle Pitts. Terry Fano, the GM, still there. Their evaluations, how, how how those really changed with what you've seen in Chicago, I'm I'm not really sure. Pittsburgh, Vegas, do you think there is a robust market? I do not. I do not, and that's that that's hard for a lot of people to understand because they've seen the Justin Fields highlight reel. They see the place he's capable of making, and they go, "Well, somebody's going to want this guy." I know. But then you go case by case. You know, somebody told me in the early parts of January, just go division by division, team by team assess their quarterback position and then say, if you were in the chair of the general manager in that building, would you be knocking down the door at house hall to say, Hey, can we get Justin Fields? And when you do that exercise, you just named three teams that are probably at the top of the list and have their own significant reservations about Justin Fields. Luke Getzey's the offensive coordinator in Las Vegas. That didn't work out in Chicago the last two years. You would expect both That's Luke right. and Justin to want a new setup in Atlanta. Zach Robinson was hired to run a Sean McVay style offense. Luke Getze was running a Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur style offense for two years in Chicago and was skewered by people in Chicago for not running a system that fits Justin Fields. So now you're going to ask your new offense coordinator, Zach Robinson, to try to reconfigure things in a way that he's not going to be comfortable with running an offense that doesn't necessarily marry up with the skill set of Justin Fields. And then in Pittsburgh, I think the things you're hearing around the league is that they, they may not be done with Kenny Pickett yet. They want to give him a crack with Arthur Smith as the new play caller, give him a new lease on life and um, find out like the bears did a year ago with Justin Fields, you know, let's give it one, one more third season run to see where you can take your game and go from there. And so it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of weeks, um, the next month yeah. to see what, what kind of market materializes for Justin Fields. I forgot about the Getsy yeah. dynamic in Vegas. That's such a great point. You really it hit me again, listening to Sean Payton yesterday and he was so honest strikingly honest on many subjects, but he's absolutely right when he says you have to win from the pocket. And the oh, NFL, yeah. I mean, you still have to win from the pocket. And you were in that room listening to Justin Fields. I forget which week it was. I, I can't exactly what week it was. <laughs> <laughs> week three. basically said, you know, I got to say F it and do my thing. And he won that battle. I mean, he started temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily. Clearly, the, the plans that were in place – to have him operate within the pocket were thrown out the window or didn't work. Well, you, and yeah. So it, it, 38 starts in, he, he's not going to become that anywhere. No. And, and the, the, the numbers you talk to people around the league, the things that are most damning for Justin Fields is the fourth quarter numbers. You know, I've given this stat in Chicago a hundred times. He's had 23 drives in the final eight minutes of a game with the bears having a chance to go tie a game or take the lead. And he's led scoring drives three times. One of those was a four play zero yard field goal drive after a Roquan Smith interception to beat the lowly Texans two years ago. So you're not seeing this level of game on the line mastery that you need to go to the next level with your team as a quarterback. That's a big problem. Justin Fields has been in Chicago now for 51 bears games. 
He has missed 11 games due to injury or illness. He has won 10 games. So over three seasons, he's been more likely to miss a start than to win a start. We're too deep into a career to still be going, oh, maybe, just maybe, if everything is perfect around him, he'll suddenly hit this magic springboard and break through the portal into some new realm that we haven't unlocked before. You know, that's just, that's hope-based um, optimism that that isn't rooted in the reality of what you've seen and the evidence-based stuff that you've seen. Justin Fields' flashes are intoxicating. They're beautiful watch. Uh, the results, game in, game out, over 38 starts for three seasons, they're not there. And so as a general manager, you have to take a sober look at it, particularly if you're a general manager like Ryan Poles, who wasn't there when he was drafted, and you say, I, I need to go down with my own guy, right? Like, And this is the opportunity, rare as it is ever going to be, to pick not only at number one, but to pick at number one in a draft that is very loaded at the quarterback position. And at the very top of that list is a guy that people have been looking forward to entering the draft for three-plus years in Caleb Williams. I want to ask you about Caleb Williams. Lastly, on fields, the other important thing to remember, too, is he's going to get paid soon, you would think. Right. What, no, right. trades I mean, for him is it, under the assumption that you're, you're going to pay this guy a, a lot of money. I mean, you're not just signing up for this year. You're probably signing up. Well, and that's term. right. Like, so that's where, what it, what does it cost to get J- Justin Fields? It's going to cost you a draft pick, but you're going to send to the Bears. And then you have to make a decision. What are you willing to reward him with financially? He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. You've got until May to exercise his fifth year option. That's going to come in around $25 million, fully guaranteed for 2025. Are you, are you ready to make that commitment on a two-year trial run to a guy? It's not a huge commitment, but it's enough to say that the next two years are his show for us and so that some teams got to be in a position to allow that to play out if you're going to trade a draft pick away and just give them a one-year tryout you know that's you're probably not going to bring them in to be your your undisputed starter you're probably going to put him in a competition right and and make him earn his job so interesting dynamics at play there and that's all part of this there's a, a business element to this that these general managers all have to navigate hard to surf sometimes you know and you got to figure that out so that's the thing like when you say well Pittsburgh Steelers would rather see what they have in Kenny Pickett another season and maybe bring in some competition, but kind of go that route. It makes a lot of sense when you really break it down because there's financial things to take into consideration. There's the fact that Kenny Pickett was playing Matt Canada as his offensive coordinator. I mean, was that really fair to the quarterback to be so loyal to that scheme that was just so archaic? We'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, they're going to trade him, though, right? So, somebody? I mean, is, there, is it going to take an owner just stepping in and being like, sign me up for these plays, these highlights? I'd be surprised if he wasn't traded. But, again, it, it, you need to have some form of demand. Ideally, you want two teams calling you up with something on the table, and then you can play that game if you're Ryan Poles. With one team out there, it's either take, take it or leave it in some instances, and that's where it gets to be a game of poker that you have to be – uh, confident in playing. The one thing I do really appreciate about Ryan Pulse is he has a very calm confidence in the way he's doing things. Now he's only two years into his regime. We have no results to say that he's going to be a, a general manager that can turn this team into a championship contender like they haven't been in a long, long time. But he certainly feels confident in his plan and the way they go about the process of getting to decisions. This is the biggest decision you will ever have to make in your professional life this offseason. At, at, you know, who's going to run your team for this next leg. And, and this will be career defining. And then, you know, look, like I lived 2017, the Trubisky Mahomes draft, lived it, you know, up close and personal. When you talk about the stakes of this league, the Kansas City Chiefs are locked in as the best team in football until further notice. The Chicago Bears are scrambling to try to get in the playoffs two years in a row, right? Like it, 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 getting the playoffs at all, not even two years in a row, you know, like it, it's just, these are the types of decisions that, that, 
to find careers. They change the direction of your franchise for a decade or longer. And you better be very cognizant every single day of what's at stake when you're going through the process of getting to that decision. You wrote the signature story on how the Chicago Bears came to the place to draft Mitch Trubisky, too. I mean, they yeah. put in a lot of work. From what I remember in your story then, I mean, it was like incognito stuff. Yeah. Like, they were paranoid to the upteenth degree that anybody would find out that they liked this sport. Right. North Carolina. So you fast forward to today, who knows who Ryan Poles loves in this right. class. He can have anybody he wants. I think well, that's the, the greatest part is like you can have anyone you want, right? And they had that luxury to some extent in 2017. What happened with the previous regime with Ryan Pace as the general manager is they convinced themselves that it was Mitch Trubisky and Mitch Trubisky only. And so what that did is not only lure them to draft Mitch Trubisky, but they traded up, if you remember, yeah. from number three to number two, because you made a decision internally in your building that you couldn't live with Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson if someone else came to get Mr. Trubisky at number two. That's a decision that you made, right? And in retrospect, you go, what? The Bears had Patrick Mahomes braided in their top cloud. He was on there, a group of six or seven players there. They believed it. They thought he was a really good player. They just felt like Mitch was a less risky selection. You look back on that seven years later and you go, Wrong move, right? And, and, and what did it mean? Look at look at look at the direction of those franchises, and then understand what it means in this league. Scared money, as a wise man once said, "Don't make no money." <laughs> so, Caleb Williams. I mean, that you look at this class. I mean, that's the player that you can't take your eyes off of, and he's accurate, right? And, and he's he's making tough throws downfield. But all those strengths that Justin Fields have, I mean, they're, they're, those are legitimate concerns for Caleb. How, how is he going to handle that? Right. If, if things go south mentally, where, what place is he going to be in? Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll be at his press conference soon, Friday, yeah. Friday uh, and he'll get asked about, you know, painting obscenities on his fingernails right. and crying in mom's arms and no all this other stuff. And it's you know, a lot of people probably frown upon those questions, but it, those are fair questions to have when you're going into the Chicago market. Like how, how is he going to handle this? You're betting your career on it, right? Yeah. You're betting your livelihood, your professional livelihood on how he handles that. Caleb Williams just turned 22 in November. So there's an interesting part of this evaluation where you have to say, okay, who is he now? And who do we forecast him to be when he's 25 or 26? You and I both know that our 22 year old selves were nothing like our, our 32 year old selves, right? A maturation process happens. And so some of the questions you might have, about a 22-year-old will clear up by the time they're 25 or 26. You've got to make an educated guess on that stuff. With Caleb Williams, it is the emotional maturity. I hear that all over the league from people that are evaluating this class right now on like, how can you be the guy who is the one who resets everything after a loss, after a two-game losing streak? Guys are going to come look to you to be the charging station to plug into. And as I said on the radio in Chicago uh, earlier this morning, Guys don't go look to plug into quarterbacks who are laying on the couch cuddling with their dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. So that's part of this. And you got to feel out, can Caleb Williams channel his emotions in the right directions? Can he use his passion, which is a strength of his, for good? You know, can he he, he be that guy that, that that grows into that leader that guys look to and and becomes the engine of 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 winning, you know, and that that's what the ultimate goal is. There's a huge question here on, on who he is emotionally and how he's going to grow as he gets in the league. And then you just have to understand that this is a huge market. It's a success star city. That's gone 104 seasons now without high level quarterback play. And they're starting on Eric Kramer. The, Easy the, the, the Eric Kramer still holds the single season franchise record 
for passing yards. By the way, everyone, it's below 4,000 yards. The only team in the NFL that's never had a 4,000-yard passer or a 30-yard or 30-touchdown passer in a single season. It's mind-blowing. That's good news for Caleb Jordan Williams. Williams. Over 4, right, right. Justin Fields went over 2,000 on Christmas Eve this year, right? Like, so that's what you're dealing with. And, and so what you have now is a situation where to Caleb Williams' uh, benefit, the bar to be successful in Chicago is very low. I've told people, go win, you know, a handful of games the next three years, get the Bears in the playoffs twice, and you'll be the best quarterback they've had in the last 30 years, right? Like, just get there. Let's not get carried away with the Mahomes comparisons and ask him to win three Super Bowls the minute he steps foot in the door. Ask him to become a winning quarterback that puts you in the mix to be in the playoffs year after year after year. You've lived it in two different markets, right? Like, you were in Green Bay. You saw what Aaron Rodgers did to put that team in the playoffs year after year after year. Josh Allen, great time for Caleb Williams. He walked into a franchise that had been success-starved as well for a quarter century, right? Hadn't won a playoff game since the late 90s, right, when he when he got there. And now they're in the playoffs five years in a row, and he's got them in, in the Super Bowl hunt, albeit running into the Kansas City Chiefs every year who they traded the pick to draft Mahomes with. So that's a whole different story. But, uh, right, like there's a lot here. And I, I think talent-wise, Caleb Williams has everything you want. Now you've got to answer all these questions about maturity. And I think that was a strength for Josh too. They knew that this was somebody that was writing letters to colleges, begging for an opportunity, nothing handed to him. So you don't know about Caleb Williams. So I, I, I guess you find out because, I mean, then there's that, that Trubisky element of he lost his confidence. Yeah. At one point, you know, I mean, it, it couldn't get it back. The way I phrased it in 2019, when it was clear that they had hit a wall was that Mitch struggled with struggling. You know, it's one thing to struggle. It's another thing to struggle when struggling, you know, it can never break out of that cycle of, of feeling frustrated and then pressing and then, you know, using those urges to press and failing and getting more frustrated. It just becomes this vicious cycle that you can't spin out of. And they didn't do many favors. And, and, and right. Like, and so, you know, that's the other part of this is the bears decided to re up with Matt Eberfuss, right? He's going to be your head coach in 2024 defensive minded coach who brought in a whole new offensive staff for the most part. And now you have to hope that you're not rebooting with your offensive coaching staff after the first year of a rookie quarterback. They did it with Justin. They did it with Mitch. That doesn't do well for quarterback development when after their rookie season, you're saying, Oh, by the way, here, let me introduce you to a whole new set of quarterback or coaches and, and a whole new offensive system. You want to have continuity, right? And it's been like that throughout the entire history of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Like the, 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 we talked Jake about all the time in terms Rex of GM, coach, quarterback being aligned. They're never aligned. Right. Ever. Right. And it's, they had an opportunity here. And then the, the opportunity they chose was to stay with Matty Reflus as their coach, most likely draft a quarterback. And then you just have to cross your fingers, hope and pray that it all works out. Um, look, like it's fascinating. I mean, th- th- this is a great time to cover the Chicago Bears because the whole world is is – curious yeah to see what decision they make and then where it goes from there because there is there's a chance that we're sitting here five years from now and going what a run that they're in the middle of right what what a what a window of opportunity they've opened that's the one thing i say about caleb williams you know the bears seemingly are always trying to squeeze through a window of opportunity that's rapidly closing you get that quarterback and that's like one of those steel rods that you just prop the window open with and say okay let's see how often we can get through this one that's man. That's a great analogy because I feel like the Jay Cutler era. It was so much of that. Like, yeah, well, maybe we, we went, 
Maybe he can stop the Packers on fourth and eight and sneak. Oh, wait a minute. There he goes. Chris Connie. What do you do? And what happened? We went through eight seasons of Jay Cutler. And he wound up with a record that was 500, like literally 500 over eight seasons. And that was the, the great hope. And Jay's been the best quarterback they've had since Sid Luckman, you know? So that that's where we are. And, and like, you know, I always laugh because people in Green Bay have had 30 years of not worrying about anything. And you're like, you should come live in the shoes of Chicago for a yeah. couple seasons and just feel that torment and that torture. Um, we'll see where it goes. The roster's pretty damn good. I mean, right now Bob's talked about it. Like even as, you know, as, as early as like late November ish, I want to say early December, he's, he's right. Like this is a really good roster. I mean, there's pieces. There's pieces. The defense got better. They made the trade for Montez sweat at the trade deadline last year and got instantly better on defense. That's guy who's a multiplier. He gives you pass rush that then helps your secondary produce. All of a sudden, the Bears finished the year as a top-ranked run defense, uh, top five in, in takeaways. I think they may have led the league in interceptions or at least top three. All of a sudden, you've got a defense that's coming together. You've got an offense now where D.J. Moore is an undisputed number one receiver who can thrive with any quarterback he's played with. They go down the list of the guys that D.J. Moore has been forced to catch footballs from and say, okay, this guy produces with anyone. And then you've got Cole Komet at tight end, and now you've got a, an offensive line with Darnell Wright, first-round pick from last year. A chance, by the way, the Bears are picking ninth also, not just first. You could add another bookend, yeah. top-tier offensive tackle to support your quarterback. So, it, you know, look, like, th- there's a lot to like, and that's when Ryan Poles talks about the infrastructure to set a young quarterback up for success. He feels like he's built the roster in a way that a lot of quarterbacks taken number one overall don't get to inherit a team that that is built to succeed a little bit that can take some of the pressure off that young guy. Um, obviously, you look at C.J. Stroud and what he did last year in reviving the Houston Texans. We went to set here a year ago and got like, oh, boy, the Houston Texans are going to be the story of the 2023 season. They were, and they got it right at quarterback, and they got right got it right at surrounding that quarterback, and they found – that springboard that everyone's seeking, you got to try to use them as an example and figure out what that model was and then tailor it to you to, to, to try to get the same results. Well, if anybody out there wants to know what in the hell is going on with the Bears, Dan Weeder here with the Chicago Tribune, your podcast. Take the North podcast. Uh, you can follow that podcast at Twitter at Take the North Pod, at mm-hmm. Take the North Pod. Uh, yeah, we do about two or three episodes a week, uh, always three in season, and it's a fascinating time to uh, – to, distribute bears news because there's a lot of it and there's a little bit of gossip out there these days too i don't know if you've heard it here at the combine there's rumors floating around speculation I'm trying to think of the, the, of the game of thrones analogy for take the north like who the bears have been who they could be so i'm not a game of thrones guy you're, ah. gonna, have, you're gonna have to bail me out on that okay the name of the pod well they want to be johnson the name of the pod comes from ryan poles introductory press conference when he promised that they, the bears were going to take the north and never give it back uh, here we are. We're still trying to take the North. And then, then the second part is never giving it back, but you got to get it first. And right now, the Detroit Lions have it. It's very true. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for watching. All NFL Combine coverage. Go along. TD.com and, of course, the Chicago Tribune. The damn stuff. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.